0: This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Man, it's good to be in church. I agree with Allison. I just felt the presence of the Lord the minute I walked in the place. It's so good to see everybody out on a a, a cold day and the and the uh, snow coming down. But it generated an excitement in me. Are you guys excited to be here today? I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. I couldn't hardly hold still during those songs that they started off with. Praise the Lord! They were awesome, and uh, it, it's just good to be here. You know, as a as a church, when you Uh, pastor in a church you get really excited when you hear about things that are happening uh, on Monday through Saturday outside of the church and guys I'm starting to get a, a chain of reports that come back of telling things that you guys are doing the way you're giving the way you're ministering The way you're taking food to people, the way you're meeting a bill, the way you're taking somebody to a hospital, the way you're uh, uh, interacting as a body. And guys, um, as a pastor, that's something we've been striving for is we want the body to take care of each other. We don't want to be like a a government aid that just from the church, we take care of everything. We want the body to take care of everybody. How many believe that's the way that God wants it? And we've been getting reports, and and I'll tell you what, this week I have just put a smile on my face so many times and just leaned back and just said, thank you, God. We're really becoming a church. We're really committed to loving each other with an unfeigned love. We're really committed to covering each other. We're really committed to taking what we have and helping those that don't have in our body. And I just want to commend you guys for... um, You know, the scripture says that we are supposed to love those outside the church, but it says we're supposed to start on the inside. Love the people. I remember when Steve talked about that one time, how God's called us to take care of the brothers and sisters within the church, and so I commend you guys, and and we just give God praise for that. But we're going to continue our series today, and it's entitled Grace Came, Uh, Grace Remember, I'm not talking about grace as a theology or a doctrine or a philosophy. To me, grace is a person. Grace is Jesus Christ. You know, God sent the law. John 1.17 says that God sent the law through Moses, but grace and truth came through one Jesus Christ. And something that's interesting on that grace and truth came through one Jesus Christ, in the original Greek, the grace and truth are actually one word it's not grace and truth it's actually one word so so you can say that grace truth came grace truth came and re- realize that truth errs on the side of grace not on the side of the law are you all with me on that that that, that when when we talk about truth everybody says well we're going to tell them the truth well we're going to tell them the truth or we're going to speak the truth well we need to speak the truth in love erring on the side of grace knowing that nobody can fulfill the law except by the grace of God given to them. Are you all with me on that? So grace didn't just sit in heaven and say, I'm going to send a text or I'm going to send an email. Grace came to you. And I want you to think about that. But one week one, we learned that with grace coming, the reason it's so powerful is the first thing is we learned from Isaiah 9, 6. It says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Mighty God, and he will be called Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Week one, we looked at Jesus as a Wonderful Counselor. And the reason he could be a Wonderful Counselor is because Jesus came as a human. He came, and the Bible says in Hebrews four fifteen and sixteen. The reason he's sympathetic and understanding and compassionate is because he was in our skin. Our high priest of ours, he understands our weaknesses, our false flaws and failings, our vulnerabilities. For he also faced all the same testings we do. Yet he did not that. Co- yet he did not sin. In other words, he's well able to coach. Counsel and navigate because he did it. And then it says this so let us, everybody say, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of what? Is it a throne of judgment? Is it a throne of condemnation? Is it something we should be afraid to go to God? Are you ever afraid to go to God with anything? It's a throne of grace that we will receive mercy and find grace to help us when we need it most. So the reason that he's a wonderful counselor. And he can help us navigate through anything. Anything that you're going through, he can help you navigate through that. Why? Because it's kind of like the person that was having chemotherapy. And they finally found somebody that was having chemotherapy. And they said, hey, you've had chemotherapy? Yeah, I had that. How did you feel? Were you sick? How did you recover? What did it feel like when you went to the hospital? But they have somebody that can understand that and sympathize with because they've been through that. Jesus is somebody that can sympathize. He has been through everything that we have. And so he can help us navigate our course because he was a human. That's powerful to me. That is so powerful to me. And then the second thing that we discovered is he's mighty God. That he, ki- that he came and he broke the nature of sin. Because some of we just couldn't. Can a leopard change his spots? Can we just decide we're going to be good? Nobody's good. But Jesus came and took the old nature of sin out of us and put His nature in us. Jesus fulfilled the law. And remember last week we said, "Hey, anything that the devil puts in front of you that shows you you are a transgressor of the law, your heart tells you. Your heart tells you what you aren't, how you failed." what you're doing wrong and last week brothers and sisters we had 57 people write down things that the devil accuses them of that the devil tells them they're failures and they that, that that god doesn't love them and they're not doing any good and you're condemned we took it and put it and nailed it to the cross and jesus put his name over it that's a wonderful that's a mighty god but today we're going to look at how he is an everlasting father. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you're not only father, that you're going to show us a father-son, father-daughter relationship. But, Lord, we thank you today that you're an everlasting God. Now, Father, I pray that the word, that there would be a hunger in the house to hear the word. And, Lord, I pray that there would be a a, a silence of the soul. I pray there would be a silence of the thoughts. I pray there would be a silence of, of, of our minds just thinking about stuff. And, Lord, I pray today that there will be a, a, a like, like a, a, a particular singular voice speaking to hearts individually. Lord, I pray today that you will speak individually to hearts. And, Father, I thank you today that, that every distraction, Every attack of the enemy it has been disarmed. And, Lord, that we are your children today. And, Lord, we're hungry to hear you. Amen. I want you to say, Lord, let my heart receive today. Lord, let my mind want to understand today. Lord, make me hungry for you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 17 a lot today. And we're also going to be in Galatians chapter 4 today. We're going to be in John chapter 17, if you want to put a, your finger there. And if I, I'd encourage you to read the whole chapter of John 17 this week. And also Galatians chapter 4, the whole chapter. Seriously, if, if you take this sermon, there's so much here today, it could be something you could study. But I want to take this thought of Jesus revealing God as Father. Jesus revealed him. And in John chapter 17, when you read all of John chapter 17, all he keeps saying through there, he says it like six times. He says, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've revealed to, the, to them the people that you sent me to. I've revealed to the world. I've revealed to them something. Well, what was it that Jesus revealed to them? What was it that all that he took a whole chapter and said, I've done what you asked me to do. I have revealed. Everybody, say your name. I have revealed your name as Father. See the the uh, in the Old Testament, they knew him as Elohim, Creator God. They knew him as El Shaddai, the Breasted One. They knew him as the uh, they they knew him as Jehovah. They knew him as Jehovah to Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. They knew him as Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord that sanctifies. They knew him as Jehovah Rophe, the healer, and and Jehovah Shalom and Shema, peace and presence. They knew him as Jehovah Jireh. Some of you heard that. They knew him in the Hebrew. They knew him as a lot of things. They knew him as a lot of things, but what they didn't know him as, as father with a family. Brothers and sisters, when it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam, all God wanted was a family. All God wanted was some sons and some daughters and to see siblings enjoying life together and to see husband and wife multiplying it replenishing the earth and enjoying his bounty and rejo- and enjoying his glory. E- even in this John 17 you'll see you'll see that, that, that Jesus says that I've revealed unto your name revealed unto them your name father but he also said that I've reestablished listen to this Your glory. He says that the glory, Jesus said this. I want you to get this. Jesus said that the glory that the Father and the Son shared together. This is in John 17. The glory that the Father and Son shared unto them. Jesus said this glory was given to me. And now I'm taking this glory and I'm giving it to them. And that glory is doxa. I grew up Methodist where you sing the doxology, but doxa is when the brilliance, the splendor, the magnificence, the beauty, the relationship, the wholeness, the companionship, the way that God intended us to live on this earth is not what we see that we're living I'm not saying you can't enjoy some of the things we're enjoying, but I found myself yesterday. I, I, I ran uh, 5.2 miles yesterday in an hour. I was real happy that a 250-pound man can do that. But but anyway, I was running, and I kept saying, "This this world is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just a stranger passing by. You know, there's some things we can enjoy in this life, but this world is not my home. Jesus said... God said, I want you, God said, Jesus, I want you to reveal to them something. I'm Father. And I want you to do something else. I want you to return the glory, he said, Jesus, the glory that you and I share together in heaven. That we shared together for eternity. Think about that. The glory that the Father and the Son share together. That brilliance, that that relationship, that unity, that oneness, the brilliance and the splendor of that peace. That's what heaven's gonna be. And he said, I want you, I'm gonna put that in you, and then you're gonna put this in the this glory in them. And brothers and sisters, that's where the scripture says that the glory of the Lord will be greater in the latter house. Than the former house. Some, the, the former, even the, of Adam and Eve and, and the Spirit of God walking with Adam in the cool of the day. Do any of you walk with God in the cool of the day? Do you share thoughts and conversation and communion with your Holy Father that loves you? Do, do you know that He smiles when you're having fun and you're doing stuff together? Do you know He's sharing a meal with you? When you have your meal time together, do you know that he is, is not somewhere out there? He's a God that's in you and with you. And right now we receive those things by faith. And we, we receive those unseen things. We see them with faith. And we do the very best that we can. Listen, I've struggled with this too. We do the very best we can of worshiping something that we can't physically see i mean you can see the results of things that god does the results of his hand but when you go to prayer man it takes a lot of discipline and and a lot of uh, it, it it's to to talk and, and to quiet yourself where you hear him talk back some people never heard him talk back to you so some have never entered even that degree And to realize that he walks with me, that he talks with me, that I share every moment, that I share every day, that is the glory of the former house. That was the glory that was made. That's all God wanted. He wants you, man. He wants you, daughter. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. That's all he wanted. And we have a shadow of that, and we have a taste of that. And we do the very best we can to worship something invisible. But sometimes it is, hey, can we be honest? Sometimes it's a little hard. Anybody else admit that? Sometimes it can be a little hard, but our faith kicks in. And we do what we know, not what we feel. And we lay hold of the things that aren't seen. And I'm telling you, someday what you can't see, honey, you're going to see it. This world is not my home. I'm just, don't, don't get too caught up in your houses and your cars and your toys and your things. They're all going to burn. This world is not my home. I'm just a stranger passing through. Brothers and sisters, God, Jesus revealed God as Father. As Father. Tell Him that I'm Father and, and, and I want to take the glory that we're sharing And I want them to, I I want, I'm going to give it to you, Jesus. You'll see this in John 17. I'm going to give it to you, Jesus. And then Jesus, you give it to them. And then they're going to give it to people. And we're all going to hear everywhere. Every people are going to hear about this glory. Okay? So he wanted us to know that we have an everlasting father. An everlasting father. And I want you to realize today... That you must be born again into this family. The scripture says this: it, it, the, the born again experience. Last week, two people that I didn't know raised their hand to receive Christ. Guys, I want to, I want you to start getting gifts that we have for you. If you're here today and you didn't get this next week, last week, the two of you come and get this. It'll help you start your walk with the Lord today. Listen today i'm believing that people are going to receive christ but when you do that look for this guy tim and this this is an incredible literature to help you but guys being born again it's supernatural we've, we've got to get past it's i grew up where you did confirmation class and stuff like that i'm not against that to me it's an opportunity to to share faith with people. It's a witnessing opportunity and I've seen some pastors use that exceptionally well. But if it's a ritual with a bunch of dead words and a bunch of dead hearts saying a bunch of dead stuff, but if there's breath in that and there's life in that. So the the born again experience is supernatural. Guys, I grew up. I grew up in church and my parents made sure I was there every Sunday, and, and they didn't give me a choice on if you got, if you went to youth group or not. I think we give our kids too many choices. They didn't give me a choice, are you going to youth group? I would go kicking and screaming to church. I, I, I would sit on the back row and chew tobacco and try to disengage as much as I could and rebel against my parents. When they said, you're going to youth group, I'd, that'd be another big fight. But thank God that my, wife, my mom didn't just lay over and belly up, that she fought me. And she said, you're going to youth group. Because I'm telling you, the world is getting their message in our children. The world is getting their message in our children. in In elementary school. And the world is getting their message in our children. You ought to read some of the things that our children are taught. The founding fathers that you and I know about and the founding fathers that we uh, have studied and we have come to realize that they loved and feared God. I'll tell you what, there are history books out of there that don't show our founding fathers like that. There's science is teaching evolution. I'm not going to get on all that. But I'm telling you, it's time that God's people get their kids and get their youth under the word of God. (laughs) Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but my word shall remain. I've got, I've got, you know, all parents, I was a wayward child. I was a wayward child. I told you I was. I had my pins that I didn't just go to church. We had Sunday school, too. I had my pins that I never missed Sunday school. But I didn't know God. I, had, I was in, and you can say, well, what good that did. I'll tell you what good it did. When I'd get drunk as a skunk and laying and feeling like I didn't know what life was about, seeming to have much, Completely empty. And when I was alone and the music wasn't playing and the beer was gone and the girls were gone and the friends were gone, I I needed people to spend the night because silence was deafening. It was deafening. Silence was deafening because I had a big old hole. And I'll tell you what good it did is when I had those silent times, that's why people go to bed with things on their ears and watching TV. There's not that inward peace, but there can be an inward peace, brothers and sisters. But when I'd get quiet, I'd hear that Sunday school teacher. I'd hear those preacher when I didn't think I was listening, I'd hear words. I knew things from the Bible that I thought I was rebelling against, and that's what I laid hold of. We've got to get our kids in church we got to get our young people in church we got to get our message in them. salvation is a born again experience is a is is an experience of the lord the, the scripture says that that which is born of the flesh no one can enter the spirit of god john 3 5-6 no one can enter the kingdom of god without being born of water in the spirit as humans you can only reproduce only human life but the holy spirit gives birth to spiritual life so his spirit Comes in, so, so when we're born again, it's a spirit, it's a spirit uniting, but then his spirit comes into our hearts, and that's where we cry, Abba, Father, and that's Romans 8, 15, and also Galatians, I want you to look at this with me just for a minute, look at Galatians chapter 4, let's look at Galatians chapter 4, this is powerful, guys, turn in your Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter four, if you don't care, I want to. I want to take the remainder of the time and hit this just for a second. We're talking about now. Look, Galatians four says this. I, I, we're talking about a family that he's our father. But look at this. Look at Galatians four verse one. Think of it this way. Listen to this. Listen carefully. Listen real carefully. Listen real carefully. To this. Think of it this way. If if a and he leaves an inheritance for his young children those children, listen to this are no better than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything that their father had okay they have to obey their guardian until they reach whatever age their father has set how many of you have known things like that in, in society where a, a, a father left everything to their their son but they as a child they couldn't have it until they got to a certain age well brothers and sisters this goes on to say this um, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came we were like children we were slaves to the spiritual principles of this world. We were slaves to sinful nature. We were slaves to the effects of this world upon our life. But when the right time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, subject unto the law. God sent him, look at this, to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the what? We were slaves to the law. So that we, he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, everlasting father, because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our heart. Guys, when you ask Jesus to your heart, it's just not repeating some stuff. God literally takes his spirit and the uh, the spirit of his son Jesus and puts it in your heart and it prompts us to call out Abba Father, Daddy God. Now because of that you're no longer a slave. A slave to what? A slave to sin. A slave to the nature of Adam. A slave to the law. A violator. You're no longer a slave but now you are God's own child and since you are his child God has made you an heir. Now, it's very clear that God is father. But I want to ask you, who's your mother? Who's your mother? If God's your father in the spiritual family, who's your mother? And I'll tell you what, the Lord switched this sermon this morning because this is a little bit deep, and you have to really want to hear and learn to get this. But look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 21. Are you guys trying to follow up there with NLT? Don't, don't, don't try to. I think it could be confusing. Guys, just listen, even if you need to close your eyes. Now, tell me you who, I'm talking about who's your mother. God's your father, but who's your mother? And you that have served God for a long time, I'm going to guess you haven't ever heard this. So, so perk up and listen. I'm going to guess you haven't heard this. This, this is things you don't hear preached on much. Tell me, you who, were, who want to live under the law, do you know what the law actually says? The scripture says that Abraham had two sons. One, listen, one from the slave wife. Everybody say slave wife. One from the slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife was born, listen to this, in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. People that are a slave to sin, people that are a slave to the law, you're a slave to the nature of sin. You can't help it. You just sin all the time. You you can't do what you want to do. You've tried. You're a slave to that. You're not a child yet. You're a slave. And your mother is that slave bondwoman. Okay? And even though your father's God, Abraham is God in this picture, you're a slave. Your father's got everything he wants to give you, but you live as a slave, you live as a child, because you're trying to live, your Christian life in your own attempts, in your own abilities. I'm not saying you don't try hard, but I think we try too hard. I think we need to let faith kick in and know that we have a new nature and don't tell ourselves that we're just a sinner saved by grace, that we tell ourselves you are righteous just as he is, so are we in this earth that we realize that the law has been fulfilled. Now look at this. We're going to go on. So, so the slave woman is somebody that's trying to do the law and to fulfill the, in his own attempts. How many have made attempts and failed? I, I'll tell you what. Condemnation comes to Christians that love God with all their heart. To me, the people that get condemned the very most are the ones that can love God the very most because you set such a high standard and a high scale to where you're always disappointed in yourself and you're always disappointed in your attempts, and you beat yourself down with that. Now, these two women, but, but the son of the freeborn wife was born as a fulfillment of the promise. These two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. The first is Hagar representing Mount Sinai, or the law, where people received the law, the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem, like Mount Sinai, is in Arabia because she and her children live in slavery to the law. But the other woman, Sarah, look at this. Who's your mother? Is your mother Hagar? Is your mother Sarah? But the other woman, Sarah, represents heavenly Jerusalem a free woman she's not a slave she's a free woman she's not a slave she's a child and she I love this and I love this in NLT it says she is a free woman listen to this and she is our mother she's my mother who God's the everlasting father who who's your mother? Is it Hagar, and is it slavery to the law, slavery to guilt and fear and condemnation? I, I see it in Christians; they're condemned. Or, are you? Is your mother Sarah, the free woman that you've grown into perfection and in adulthood, knowing? Guys, even Isaiah 64, 6 says this, that all of our righteous acts and all of our attempts at pleasing God are as filthy rags. So, praise team, don't come just yet. So, who's your mither? Isaiah said, break into joy. Look at verse 29 says this, and you, dear brothers and sisters, are the children of promise. But you are now being persecuted by those who want you to keep the law. Just as Ishmael, the child, by human effort, persecuted Isaac, the child born by the power of the Spirit. I'll tell you that, you see that persecution even in the church. You start preaching a pure grace message, you'll see the law people come out with claws. Saying, well, you you saying the law's bad. No, I'm not saying the law's bad. I'm saying you can't do the law. Doesn't mean you don't have law, and law doesn't teach you right from wrong, and the law was beautiful. Everybody preaches it wrong. Uh, not, I hear it preached wrong. Everybody says, oh, Moses had to have a, a, a sheet over his head because the glory of the Lord shined on him when he got the law. That's true. But the reason he kept the sheet on his head is because nobody wanted to know that his face was stopping glowing. That his face was, it did glow. But it glowed less, and it glowed less, and it glowed less, and it glowed less to where there was no glow. And they kept that over it. And when you read that in context, it says that's what... That, that's what people that don't believe in Jesus are doing. There are Jews that are still, the, the, the Bible says just as there was a veil over Moses' head, he said now there's one over the hearts of people. That that glory faded, but they're still trying to do it with law human effort you can't do it who's your mother but when you start preaching that i've seen it i, I get it here sometimes probably get some emails on this message grace actually teaches you to denying godliness to the person that has that you're the most sinful to me you don't need to to the law can't help you get free from sin Remember last week when I told you about that prosecuting attorney? The law is cold and hard, and and there is no compassion in the law. It's black or white. You're guilty or not guilty. We are all guilty in our self-human efforts. My mom, my mom is Mother Jerusalem. My mom's Sarah. My mom's promise. My mom is not Hagar. My mom is not human attempts because I was married to her. That was my mom for a while. And it's a life of no joy and a performance. And you get nowhere. So I wanted to ask you some questions. Well, let me finish this. You guys like learning things? I like doing this. I'm kind of glad we're lower today in attendance. Uh, It's kind of fun to do this, actually. But what do the scriptures say? It says, get rid of the slave and her son. For the son of the slave woman will not share the inheritance of the free woman. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave woman. We are children of the free woman. God's my everlasting Father. Who's your mother? And then I want to—I want now that as the praise team, team team comes, I want to show you one more thing. Who's your father? I'm telling you, God just won a family. So now we know who our father is. Who's your mother? But let me show you something else really cool. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews two. This is one of the most powerful scriptures. That I've laid my eyes on in the past six months. Hebrews chapter 2 says this. Let's let's look at verse 10. Again, don't try to follow me because I'm reading NLT. God for whom and through whom everything was made. Chose to bring many children into glory. See, when you read that because of me. What I preach today, you know what that means. When you hear it say, God, for whom, through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. Now, if you were listening in the beginning of the sermon, what that means is the glory that God and Jesus had. Now, Jesus gave it to them, and we're coming into the brilliance and the splendor. Remember the glory at the beginning, okay? I didn't know that. I just saw this here. Um, And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader. Fit to bring people salvation. Here's what I want you to hear. Listen to this. Listen to this real clearly. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. Have you ever thought about that? So now Jesus... And the ones he makes holy, who would say that be me? We have the same Father. That is why Jesus said, I'm not ashamed. Jesus looked at you people and he said, I'm not ashamed to call you my brothers and you my sisters. I'll proclaim your name as brothers and sisters. I'll praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I'll put my trust in them and the children that God has given me. Man, I'll tell you what. It excites me to know that I have an everlasting father, to know who my mama is, and that Jesus is my big brother jesus is my brother and you know what jesus he said something he said when i was here on earth this is in john 17 he said when i was here on earth the ones that you gave me listen to this the ones that you gave me who would that be It'd be the disciples, the people that followed him. He said, the ones that you gave me, the disciples you gave me. He said, I have protected them. I have taken care of them. And they're safe from this world. He said, only one. he said, Judas, the son of perdition. I wasn't able to hold him but the other ones you gave me? And then he goes on and says, not only the ones you gave me, but he said, everyone who believes in my name, that they've been protected by his name. Brothers and sisters, listen to this. This is so simple. But you have been given a family name. You have a daddy. You have a mama. You have a big brother Jesus. In John 14, 15 and 16, Jesus says, I gave you my name. Jesus said, I've protected. I've, I've not let any of them get away. I did it. Jesus said this I did it with because you gave me your name. I kept them in your name. Guys, that hit me. I, I am not a hireling pastor, meaning that I just pastor to get paid. I am not a hireling. I travail in prayer over you that Christ would be born in you. Every step I take, I pray about it. Every message I make, I try to let it be birthed from the Lord. I try to... but. The Lord took me a little bit deeper with this, where Jesus said, Father, I've kept them. The ones you gave me, the ones you gave me, I've kept them in your name. I protected them. I took care of them. Now, as I go to you in a minute, here's what, man, I started saying, Father, The ones that you've given me. And I said, have I protected you? Have I nurtured you? Have I kept Church on the Rock in your name? Lord, I've tried. I've tried to. And I hope you know that. But that's serious business with me. God's given me his name. Protect this body. Well the Lord spoke to me and said. Take it a step further. Dads. Mothers. Jesus has given you his name. You have the family name. Are you keeping your child. In the ways of the Lord. Are you keeping them Under his protection. Are you keeping them Under the nourishment. Are you guarding them from this world. And the influx. Are you sitting down with them and saying, hey, what you just learned at school, it's not what the Bible says. It's serious business with me. Very serious business with me. And I pray it'd be serious business with you. with every head bowed and eyes closed, have you protected your family? Have you kept your family in the Word? If you haven't, don't be in condemnation about it. Just start putting your arms over them. Man, I prayed for my, I told my daughter, I prayed for you three times this week. I throw my wings over my wife. I throw my covering. I throw Jesus' name. I throw his blood over my children. I throw his blood over this church. I throw his blood over the staff and over the church council. I use the name of Jesus. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.